Welcome to the Queen's School Chester podcast, the place where we talk to staff, parents and pupils about topics that are relevant to you. In this episode, we speak to Sue Wallace-Woodroff, head of the Queen's School. We're going to find out about the different school environments she worked in before arriving at the Queen's School, what the biggest myths are surrounding an all-girls education, and how the classroom in an all-girls school is different when compared to a co-ed environment. But we're also going to find out where in the world she'd like to visit if she could travel anywhere. See if you can guess where that might be. So come with me as we step into a conversation with the head, Sue Wallace-Woodroff. Sue, welcome to the Queen's School podcast. Thank you for being here. And how are you today? Well, thank you very much. I'm I'm actually very, well, I'm enjoying my foray into radio, as it feels like. I'm in my office now, set up, feeling a little bit like a Radio 1 DJ. And <laughs> and actually, I'm, I'm enjoying the quiet because it is early in the morning here. And this mm-hmm. is a great time for me. I do come in the office early and, and get started before the buzz and the noise of, of everybody arriving. What is it about mornings that you enjoy so much? Actually, I think it starts with the birds, you know, the dawn chorus, which I, I would say that I am quite frequently up around the time that that's going on. OK. Yeah, there's a lovely sense of quiet, isn't there? So mm. I enjoy that. Now, in a moment, we're going to talk about your role leading an all-girls school. But before we do that, I wonder whether you could just tell us a little bit about your own education. So where you went to school and then maybe what you did after you first left school. Absolutely. I went to, actually, I, I went to an all-girls school for the vast proportion of my time at school. And I, I did my sixth form actually in a, in a co-ed school. I moved on from there to university, went to Edinburgh University and studied at biological sciences with genetics as my, my honours. Mm-hmm. And then I absolutely loved that, particularly my final year. The getting stuck into research was, was fantastic. And I thought, mm. well, maybe I'm going to stick to this. I went off to Cambridge and did a study for a PhD in um, biological sciences and uh, mathematical modelling. And I actually spent a lot of time teaching, oddly teaching, teaching maths there to some undergraduates. Strange the things you fall into. And I, mm-hmm. that's what I loved. I, I found my thought, oh, you know, actually, what I really want to do here is is teach. So what was it about teaching in that environment that you enjoyed so much? Actually, I, I think I'd say that teaching in any environment, the, the, the thing I love most is the it, it's that light bulb moment that you see mm-hmm. and, and, and are part of when a pupil gets something when that when when they suddenly realize oh that's how that works and it's it's really it's incredibly rewarding to to be part of that and I think that's something that actually I I think I always knew I was going to teach even at at school I think I had a great sense of you know fulfillment from helping my friends I have to say it was usually with math questions we had some (laughs) we had some we had some great teachers at school right that I really loved some real characters and as I'm talking to you now I'm sort of imagining one of them um who was a a bit a bit quirky I'm not not sure she was necessarily a a favorite with everyone she was a math teacher and uh she used to she I'm showing my age here a little bit because our, our maths classroom used to have a little podium a dais at the front and she used to rock backwards and forwards on that dais and then she'd fire small pieces of chalk across the room if you weren't paying attention <laughs> I it's probably not the most effective teaching method but it did result in in more collaboration amongst us pupils actually and I think mm. it was it was that you know there was a, a feeling of we need to make sure we get these right let's let's work on this together and I did enjoy that actually yeah 
So I understand, Sue, you've been leading girls' schools for a number of years. Tell me about your experience in this field. Yes. So I've I've been at Queen's for three years now. And, and prior to that, I was at another... My first headship was a single-sex girls' boarding school. And I, I'd actually say probably maybe maybe a bit before that even is, is worth going through my teaching career, which began actually in single-sex boys. We had okay. a co-ed six form. And I think that the interesting thing is that even even there... My first teaching post, young, fresh out of university, I was primarily a biology teacher, but I also have a, a, a sporting background. I'm, I've always always played sport. I've enjoyed that to a reasonably high level. And I then became instantly head of girls' games. So just, just a relatively small number of sixth form there and actually took on a deputy head of girls' role as well. So I'd say even though that, that teaching post was... was in a school that was primarily boys, I've always had, I suppose, a, a championing. Cha- I've always been championing girls in those roles, which yeah, I've obviously really enjoyed. And my second teaching post was a, was actually again all boys school, but we were going co-ed at the time, so I took mm. on the role as being the first housemistress. It was a boarding school, so I've I've had a huge range of experience of all types of schools, and they've they've all been fantastic environments with with a great focus on the individual and. I've loved that involvement in a in a broad curriculum, mm. but all girls is uh, I've been yeah I've been in, in all girls now for for seven years and uh, yeah, absolutely love it. I I wouldn't want to be anywhere else now having having experienced it from all all sides. You know, I've started started off in an all girls school when I was very small, mm-hmm. yeah, four years mm-hmm. old, and I'm now back. And I won't say I'm 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 not at the point of ending my career or anything like that. I still no. feel young, but uh, I I don't want to be anywhere else. I absolutely love all girls. OK, well, I can hear in your voice you're clearly very passionate then about an all girls education. But what would you say the biggest myth is surrounding that? I know I know I had a preconception about about single sex girls when I took on my first headship. You've, you've got to remember I was coming from a by then a very well established co-ed boarding school. So. Mm. Mm. I and and my previous experiences of all girls, of course, hadn't been until I was you know, sixteen when I had left that school to go to the sixth form. So I I had been out of all girls environment for a long time, and I genuinely wondered if I was going to find it girly or twee. And I have never found that to be the case. Actually, this was particularly evident when I walked into to Queens as part of the, the interview process, first time I visited the school. One of the things I had to do was to lead a discussion of uh, with a group of year 10 pupils, actually. Mm. And I, I really felt at the end they were definitely interviewing me. <laughs> it, yeah. was, uh, it was clear they were holding no punches back. And the first question they actually fired at me was, how, was I, how would I prevent indoctrination views? They were really, they were really <laughs> testing the water. Um, no, no, no tweeness or girliness there. No, and, I, and, no. and I've seen similar, you know, up, up front, no, you know, no, no holds barred questioning in lessons. And, and we, we went out to tender for um, a new school catering provider about two years ago. And we had a, a panel of, of obviously senior leaders and governors, but we also included six formers. It was six formers who were on the catering committee mm. and, it was interesting. It was the sixth form who put the managing directors of the catering firms on the spot. They were <laughs> they were interrogating the financials and the budget proposals, and it oh, was really, really it was really wow. great. It was really great to see it. There was a, mm. it was a, it was a fantastic, not just a good experience for them, but actually I think 
for for us. But I think um you know sort of coming back to to your question you know the biggest the biggest myth I think I think there's a there's a huge misconception about whether girls are you know are catty or unkind to each other in that in that environment and I I would say that's absolutely not the case in fact the opposite I I'm, I've been blown away and I still am about how supportive mm. the all girl environment is and pupils are are genuinely kind and and considerate as I've been involved in, in pastoral care through all of the schools, obviously, that I've been involved in, particularly in my, in my roles in, in leadership. And I've had far less cause to pick up girls here in, in the all-girls schools on unkind behaviour than I had in, in, in previous mm. previous environments. So I think that's that's quite interesting, really. So that's part of school life. Tell me a little bit about life in the classroom. How is an all-girls classroom different to co-ed? I think it's a good question. There is there is a difference in in my experience, and I, obviously I have experienced all boys, co-ed, all girls. Um, but I, I think maybe to answer that question, we probably need to think about what you know what what makes learning successful in the, in the first place. Because we're talking about you know learning cultures, we want to to make sure that we understand what makes a, a learning culture work. And mm. I, I think the most important thing is that for any child, it's they've got to be able to ex- explore their ideas to take risks to try things you know we we, we don't get you know, if, we, if we don't learn by getting things right all the all the, the first time we want to we want to learn by exploring things by experiencing things and actually we want to to get things wrong we want to find things hard so 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 our role in the classroom as, as as educators as teachers is to make sure that a pupil is well sitting within their zone of proximal development you know that mm. that point where we get tasks to be hard enough to challenge them but mm. but not too hard and give some help where that's needing and we we make sure that that we're giving them the opportunities to collaborate but i think so so i think when we when we think about it in that context you know we we think well you know what is therefore the difference between a culture of all girls and a co-ed culture in mm-hmm. enabling pupils to to be appropriately in that in that mm-hmm. zone mm-hmm. and actually i think it's about therefore being able to take risks and they, they where they're not being judged where and that's that's the crux of it. When you have mm. girls around boys and vice versa, mm-hmm. there is n- not not amongst all of them, of course. You know, every child is different, mm-hmm. but there is a natural feeling of self consciousness. There's a mm. little bit more of a reluctance to put your hand up to answer a question, and that I have experienced and noticed myself that you can have a classroom that's co-ed where the boys maybe might take over a little bit or the girls, some girls, not all of them, but some girls are perhaps, you know, they're not so keen to put their hand up and mm. answer a question or mm. or get involved in a discussion. And that was one of the things that uh, really struck out for me when I was in an all-girl environment, that it's it's not twee, it's not prim, it's improper. They're, it, they're, they're actually vibrant and quite nicely noisy diverse places the girls aren't afraid of speaking out and giving things a go yeah taking more risks so it sounds to me like in that sort of environment the girls have the freedom to be themselves but the opportunities to develop into being more confident young women is that right I would absolutely say that that's the case I think that the environment of of all girls I've been bowled over by what 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 they'll do when when you give them that space Mm. Uh, to be themselves we, when you give them responsibility as well in you know, all girls schools you've got far more opportunities for for the girls to take on you know, new and interesting roles or, or 
or run run projects. We've we've I've seen a, a number of projects being run by you know, solving real life scenarios for hmm. for the schools. You're know, generating um, an innovative solution to a to a problem. You know, either it be you know, improving a learning space or or the the example of of watching them interrogate interrogate a, a, a group of directors who are who are, are trying to pitch for for the catering um you, you really can tap into those the girls creative sort of problem solving abilities when they're allowed to run things in a way that when they're in a co-ed situation they may tend to shy away from and so we've we've got a great project going on on here at the moment called the road to zero project and it's a group of really passionate and committed girls in GCSE years and sixth form years as a, a mixture of the two of them and they're working with a group of engineers and actually what's very interesting is that's a group of all women engineers mm-hmm. and they are so great great role models so they're, they're together they're creating a, a strategy a business plan they're, they're making the science building carbon neutral and and they've even presented to governors and um, can they're now collaborating with the estates team and mm. and it's really good opportunities for them that I've seen I you know I believe that were they mixed in a, in a group they may not have stepped up to that mark they may mm. not have taken that step because you know engineering it's a field that isn't necessarily one where you see an, an awful lot of an awful lot of women and it, when you when you've got an all-girl environment there isn't any of that you know, gender stereotyping at all they just they just do everything now, see, some people might say that a single sex education doesn't prepare you for the real world, that it's not a, a modern education. How might you respond if somebody said that to you? I would probably laugh. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I would say, I would say, gosh, what is preparation for the real world? I mean, it's an, I, I, the, I would say the most important thing about being ready to walk into whatever we call the real world mm. is is about enabling each individual to know who they are yeah. being comfortable in who they are mm. actually more than that to like themselves you know, it's, it's about self-belief you know, we talk about you know, glass ceilings and not having glass ceilings it's much more complex than that you've got to to, to be able to go for it and, and do the things you want to do not because someone says you should do them mm-hmm but having the conviction to know what's right for you as an individual, and it, that sounds very simple, but it isn't. I think young people, when they grow up, they have huge pressures on them mm-hmm. and they put pressure on themselves. But it's it's so important that in order to be able to walk out of school and into the real world, that they, are able to, they feel that they're able to walk into any environment and actually be themselves and then they can thrive there. Mm. So I think that what we actually have to be focusing on is is the environment in which our young people are is it preparing them for that is it enabling them to you know is well-being at the center of that are, are they able to feel they can be themselves hmm. um that's the first thing because if they're trying to be someone that they're not that's that's not going to work hmm. but i think the also the, the other thing about the real world is it's full of diversity isn't it it's hmm. it's got you know and, and any any school has individuals from a wide range of backgrounds and and ages nationalities different principles different thoughts different views gender is 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 a, is another one it's an it's an add-on but it's it's not as if i think i think um there's another misconception that girls schools are isolated little bubbles and that they never 
go anywhere else. You know, you, you arrive in school and sit there prim and proper and then finish school and, and, and off you go home. That, that, that's just simply not the case. <laughs> um, you know, they don't arrive feeling feeling necessarily prim and proper. They arrive ready for what the challenges are through the day. They They relish those opportunities that they have. And then they also have opportunities to do other things outside of outside of school and also in an extracurricular setting i mean all mm-hmm. all, all all schools collaborate with other schools and, and mm. hold events with other schools and events such as the model united nations which is a, a great example where you really are feeling about there's there's the, that's the real world you know that that is preparing them for the real world mm. debating mm. talking to others thinking about other people's views on things, getting that sense of how do I navigate my way through those relationships, those conversations, that is how we are making certain they're ready for the real world. Hmm. So we've spoken about the girls, we've talked about queens, of course. I'd love to know a little bit more about you, though. So I've got a couple of questions just for you, nothing at all to do with school. <laughs> okay. Which country would you most like to visit that you've never been to before? Good, good question. There are a lot. I I think I would have to say South America. Oh, OK. Right. Any particular region? Um, I, oh, I have a particular desire. In fact, actually, no, I'm going to have to say two places. So South America, I have a particular desire to match a picture. And, and, and I love I love the idea of, of going off and visiting jungle places where there used to be ancient civilizations so mm-hmm. so i i have I, I would love to i'd love to to be able to see some of that um and mm-hmm. the other place is the galapagos islands I have, i'm a biologist so for me natural selection and following in the footsteps of darwin is probably something that i would i would really relish i would want to go as a researcher though to, to the galapagos islands it wouldn't be to visit it wouldn't be as a as a as a tourist I, no no. I, I, I'd happily be a, be a tourist in South America, but I would want to do you know, get go go back to those days of, of the limited amount of research I did at university and uh, enjoy that. I've I've been to a lot of places over my you know I've, um, my husband used to work in China, so I've spent quite a bit of time in in China. And one of the things that I loved when I was young at uh, my first teaching post was to get involved in things like the Duke of Edinburgh Award okay, and and go on trips. And I, I accompanied a number of trips to some really interesting places and, and, and Iceland and Estonia, some really interesting places in Europe that, that I've been to. And my, my brother lives in America, so I've spent a fair bit of time in, in America too. So I, I've, I feel like I've done quite a few continents. So which country have you been to in the past that you really enjoyed surprisingly more than you expected to? Vietnam. Oh, okay. What mm. was it about Vietnam that you enjoyed? Um, I think number one, I'm going to say the food. Okay. Really, really fantastic food. Mm. The people. And and I, I, I did enjoy the climate, actually. We've been to Vietnam, I think, three times now, and I would absolutely go back again. There's so much to see there, and it's had such an interesting history as well. So mm. I mm. think for me, I'm, as we've already 
explored i i do you know i'm up early in the morning um mm-hmm. i i do like to get the most and make the most use out of my day so mm. when i go on holiday i can't just sit on a beach and read a book i do enjoy that too but it doesn't last for very long i have to i have to get out there i have to <laughs> i have to get down into as best i can what the what the the country is about what the mm. people are about what that particular area what that what's what's good about that region so so i i, I really enjoy that it, it does drive my family mad <laughs> <laughs> and you mentioned about the people in vietnam what is it about the people that you that appeal to you so much how incredibly welcoming they were and we went to hanoi as right sort of towards the beginning of, of one of the first trip actually and I'd looked up some tour options and went for one called Hanoi Kids. Mm-hmm. And they are a group of, of students, young students, who want to show tourists the the real Hanoi. And it's you know, it's free. I, mean, I think we, we gave them we gave them a donation. We bought them lunch. And they they took us they took us to, to places that you wouldn't normally go to in, in mm. Hanoi no, it wasn't you know dark back streets or anything scary like that it was it was a great it was just a, it was just a lovely experience to sort of talk properly to individuals you know and I suppose both myself and my husband are teachers so for us and we had our two young youngish adult children with us so mm. so mm. they were about the same age and it was, it was just fascinating to be able to explore their lives and mm. and what it was really like and and he, and and just watch the interaction between our children and and those young people as well at the mm. same time it was it was really interesting and how how old were those people who were leading this uh so they were um 18 19 20 okay um, right they were, they were they were young and you you just it was a bit it was a bit I suppose it was a little bit scary to send an email to a random email address that said Hanoi Kids and then arrange to meet someone you've no idea who you are in a, in a mm. country you've just arrived in. Um, you know, meet us at this square at this time and, you know, we'll be wearing a red rose type thing. And it was but it was great. You know, they were they were first year university students. And um, OK, yeah. In, 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 and, it, and it was it was it was fun. It was it was nice. It was it was one of the highlights. Awesome. Well, look, we need to bring this to a close in a moment. But if anyone's heard anything and might have a follow up question, maybe something to, to do with an all girls education, what's the best way for them to get in touch with you? I think probably the best way is through our website. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's easy to navigate and just type in the Queen's School Chester. That will get you to us. Excellent. Well, Sue, thank you so much for your time. It's been really good talking to you. It's been great finding out your views on all girls education. It's been great finding out about your travel as well. Thank you very much for your time here. Well, thank you very much, Simon. I've really enjoyed talking to you. It's it's lovely to reflect on what's important in in my daily life and and being involved in young people but it's but it's also it's lovely to to reminisce a little bit about some of the some of the the wonderful times I've had traveling as well. So that was Sue Wallace-Woodroff, head of the Queen's School, Chester. Sue, thank you so much for joining us on this episode of the podcast. It's great to hear your story. And for anyone who's heard anything and might want to get in touch, then don't forget you can just search the Queen's School, Chester, and you'll find the website there. And also, while you're here, this is a new podcast channel. So now is the time to follow this channel, because then when each episode is released, you'll receive a small notification just to let you know that it's there. So go and do that. But in the meantime, thank you for listening to this episode, and we'll see you again soon. Bye for now.